Yuma still unbeaten at the top. Avondale hit the Knights for six. Oakley, more like Chokley, and we discuss football before it's all cancelled. Ladies and gentlemen, it's match day five of the Semi Pro Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Match Day 5 episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm your host, William Chambers. Joining to me to my right is my host, Branson Gibson. And opposite us this week, Josh Parrish joining us on the podcast for the first time. Welcome, my friend. Great to be here. Great to be in the lounge room. Uh, <laughs> no, no, studio. You mean studio. Yes, the studio. Uh, <laughs> Doubles us both. It's a semi-pro podcast. It's a semi-pro space, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm a long-time listener, first-time contributor. Oh, we've not had that on the podcast. Nah, that sounds pretty good. Um, How are you doing, Will? Yeah, good. Branson, you going well? Are you surviving the apocalypse? I am. Doing all right. How about you? Yeah, look, we're getting there. Yeah, it's <laughs> unfortunate that we've had to sit 1.5 metres apart to socially distance ourselves. Really difficult recording arrangements. Yeah, well. I know, right. I've been socially distancing myself for about 30 years now, so I don't think the next couple of weeks is going to be any different. Wise by you, wise. Yeah, I know. It works in, works in good ways. Now, let's jump into it, our favourite part. Probably the only reason why Josh has agreed to come on this podcast is the kit bag segment. Kit bag segment. Branson, do you want to talk through who sponsors our kit bag segment this week? Do you want to do the introduction? I can give it a go. Uh, oh, our their kit bag segment is brought to you by Vintage Soccer Shirts AU, your local supplier of excellent vintage soccer kits available online and through Instagram. Plenty of good stuff available. So Instagram's not online? So it's available online and through Instagram? Well, you can shop either on their website or through, or Instagram. through Instagram. Yep. VintageSoccerShirtsAU.com or at VintageSoccerShirtsAU on Insta. Beautiful. Well done. Thank you. 10 points. Really threw you in the deep end. Yep. You weren't yeah. expecting that one. Nah. Um, Josh, kick us off. What are you wearing this week? Uh, this week I am wearing Iceland's 2016 away kit. The white with the... Uh, Blue and red vertical asymmetric stripe, just yeah. down down oh. bisecting the badge. Mm. Asymmetrical kids, big, big fan. Big fan of that Iceland kid too. When you put it, well, when I saw you wearing it, I was like, oh, that's a good one. Excellent choice. Um, It's got a bit of a unique customization to it though, which I personally mm. love. So it's got a name and number on the back of it, but not a player I've ever really heard of. Well... Um, a few of my friends and I really bought into the Iceland hype around mm. Euro 2016 after they knocked off England a couple of days after Brexit went through. Uh, it was great, great irony. Were you all just roaming the streets Viking clapping? Pretty much. <laughs> um, so definitely uh, of its time, but uh, the futsal team that arose as a result has continued and uh, it's entitled Sons of Anarchy with all of us are getting our surnames on the back of these Iceland kits, followed by the letters S-S-O-N. Yeah, brilliant. So you've got Parison on the back mm-hmm. of your jersey. Love it. Yeah. Outstanding. Very Icelandic. I mean, strictly speaking, if we were going to buy go by Icelandic naming conventions, it would be our father's first names, followed by S-S-O-N, but we weren't Ooh. getting that deep into the... Uh... <laughs> A couple of guys on the team have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to anyone on your... <laughs> Your football team has daddy issues. Um, I just got real deep. 
I'm just searching. William, we're William just offending a bunch of people he's never met. That's it. Yeah. Uh, um, no, Will, one. what are you uh, wearing? No, oh. I was looking up Jan Venegor or Hesseling to see if that was a naming convention, but that's Dutch, of course. So disregard that. Yes. So what are you wearing, Will? I've got a Juventus kit on. Um, I like it. I can't remember. You picked this one up op shopping for me. Yep, and from Savers. It's yep. an absolute worldy. That week, I think you picked up like three kits for like 20 bucks. I was very happy. It was a good week. It's got the most decadent badges on it you ever get. So it's a lotto kit and all of them are like embossed felt badges and they're sponsored by Fastweb. And it's just like, it takes up most of the shirt. It's fucking huge and it's really rigid. Like it feels like a chest plate in a way. Like if someone tried to punch me, they'd probably like hit the sponsor like, oh. You reckon so, you'd survive? No, I'm so weak. I would go down like a stack of shit. Please we're on the podcast. Don't add us, but do add us. That's every property on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I'm wearing a Juventus kit that you bought me. Thank yep. you very much. Love it. What have you got on? Uh, I am wearing a 1998 Mexico World Cup kit. It's green, like most Mexican kits, and it's got a giant... I think it's actually the Aztec yeah. calendar on the front. So, it's got a giant Aztec face adorned by Aztec-related symbology, I would say. And I don't know who makes it... Uh, ABA Sport, who I've never heard of before and never heard of since. Mm. So, I mean, that's fun. Well done by them. Uh, but great kit. It is a replica, though, which does... Uh... Aren't all kids replicas? Well, it's like, like, not it, it's, 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 no, no, not match-worn, sorry. Uh, but it's not even, like, it's not from 1998. So, so it's a like retro 20... remake. Remake, sorry. Oh, okay. Remake instead of replica. That's probably a key distinction. So Okay. But oh, look, I'm not still good looking, I reckon. Still a great kit. I wouldn't be upset by that. That was end of the kit bag segment, I reckon. Done yep. well, gentlemen. Like the colour scheme as well. Two white, one green. Yep. Pops really well. Yep. You know, the photo's going to look great this week. We definitely thought of that beforehand. Yeah. So well prepared on this podcast. Do Let's. Yeah. Oh, 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 I was going to segue. I was going to say, do you know what we are well prepared for? Are we well prepared for well, always well prepared. We are prepared to break down match day five of NPL Victoria Action. Will! I'm not going to kick it off because this is a this is a joint effort, this one, because this is probably the match of the round given, I think, the scoreline of it. Avondale, Melbourne Knights. Last week we went, look, if there's a team that can really put it to Avondale, it'll be Melbourne Knights because they just get under their skin a bit and they knock them out of the cup last year. It's all yep. good. They got hands. Well, and I did tip the Knights. <laughs> I said, well, not not in our official, uh, what do we call it, NPL Central tips, but on the podcast, I did say I reckon the Knights would win, and I was extremely wrong. Yes. Um, so it was Avondale 6, Melbourne Knights 1. Look, Brian, you were at this game. Josh, were you at this one? I was calling it. You fact. were calling this one. Watch the highlights for this one. So, so I mean, you were at the game, so you wouldn't have heard the precisely. Commentary. Yeah, that wasn't a date actually. Quite good. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, look, Brand, kick us off. Go through this one. You've got some notes. We'll discuss it. Well, so four wins in a row for Avondale and Josh. I thought overall they looked extremely good. The first half, in particular, there was a you know started off. With a, you know, I thought a flurry and then it all sort of exploded in four minutes of action where Avondale scored three goals in four minutes. I think Yusuf Ahmed, Stefan Valentini and Stefan Zinni all got on the score sheet. But what did you make of that five minute passage? Honestly, I don't want to overhype it and really succumb to my recency bias, but I think that was the best performance I've ever seen on an NPL field. Oof. That was 
fantastic. Avondale were firing on all cylinders. They had all of their attacking players just shoved into the one lineup. Zoki Markovsky just went, no, we're going to play Joey Katavian in midfield today. Yeah. Just no holding midfielders, all out attack. Uh, myself and my co-commentator, Lockie Flanagan, saw the lineup and went, is this really the wisest move considering the record against the Knights? Apparently, yes. Yeah, well. <laughs> and they just blew them away. I mean, Knights were poor. Knights were poor, but... Avondale would have beaten any team playing like that. So, honestly, it was more about the ball movement, the interchange, just the kind of Harlem Globetrotter skill moves that were going on than it was about the gaping holes in the Knights' defense. And Avondale tore them apart. Well, that was going to be one question that I sort of want to ask you guys was, as good as Avondale were, how bad were Knights? Well, because, like, to, to ship six is comical, they sort of they did get a goal in there, but it's it's just one of those ones where I'm like, look, Avondale were good from the highlights that I saw, but Knights were just parking cones all day. They mm. were really like there were gaps everywhere in midfield, and I think that's probably if, if Markovsky made that decision to just chock it full of attacking players, knowing that there would be that many gaps, then masterstroke. Well, well I thought the first two goals from Avondale were were class. I thought they mm. were well built up, you know, good interplay. And sort of created the space. The third one, I think it was Stefan Zinni, the back line just was nowhere to be seen. So, I mean, yeah, chime in, Josh. What do you got? Well, uh, I was actually watching some of the highlights last night at the FNR Studios with um, the Knights 20s coach, Ben Suri. He hadn't seen the the game yet. Uh, we had him on as a guest and he, he, he was looking at the game and saying, oh, no, Petrillo's dived in there. Oh, where's Jokovic going kind of thing. So he was breaking it down from a coach's point of view. He saw plenty of mistakes. That third goal in particular, I mean, uh, Anthony Giselle, who I'm a big fan of actually, gets the ball in midfield and Nikola Jokovic immediately makes this huge lung-busting run up the right right flank to look for the overlap, look for the big switch. And it never comes. Giselle gives up the ball and there's this gaping hole right back and Ivan Gurgic just doesn't read the situation at all and he doesn't come across to cover. So... Stefan Zinni for the third goal had about 20 metres of yeah, <laughs> just yeah. complete clear space. One of the fastest players in the league. I mean, it was disastrous. Uh, so they did make some errors, but some of the goals that Avondale put past them, including that ridiculous volley from Yusuf Ahmed that was ruled Ooh, offside, yeah. probably one of the goals of the season <laughs> yeah. if it hadn't been ruled out. There's a bit of me that just wants the offside rule to be voided for, for goals like that. And <laughs> if, you're, like, if you're close to being onside, then go on, play on here. So, oh, yeah, so I like think... If the quality of the goal outweighs the offside, the linesman just goes, do you know what? I'll count it. Yeah. I think that's only fair. I think oh, it's a sense. judgment they've got to make. Um, I did enjoy also the Yusuf Ahmed fan club. Oh yeah, but he's, just, got a, he's, he's got a huge. His groups, base. his group of just like twenty, twenty-five just boys that follow him <laughs> around. They were on the fence line to to be right on his flank, and they were just ooing and ahhing over every touch. And then they changed sides <laughs> yeah, at yeah, halftime yeah. so they could be closer <laughs> to him. And I have never seen a group of people more disappointed than after that volley was ruled out. But uh, he scored again. He seems to score every time I commentate him. And uh, honestly, Yusuf Ahmed, he's been a star this season. I think. If there's anyone from Avondale who's going to get a shot in the A-League, it might be him. Oh, good call. Uh, that, that whole use of Ahmed thing that you were saying before, um, every time you commentate, he gets a goal. Mm. I mean, you can bet on the NPL, can't you? Not that you should, because betting's bad, but like, you know. It's ridiculous. Well, the, well, every time. Josh Parrish at an Avondale game. Well, then... the goals he scored as well have been bangers. It was yeah. the uh, the goal against Oakley last year, mm. right? And then his individual brilliance 
with his run against uh, Dandy City. And I was also uh, one of the co-commentators for the grand final when he scored. Oh, right. so, that was a very yeah. good goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on through the rest of it, Hamish Watson did score for the Knights to make it 3-1. There were faint hopes of a comeback at that stage, but I think Valentini netted his brace just before halftime and any real chances of a comeback were put to bed. And then yeah. Matthew Reid and Jonathan Germano scored laid on to really just sort of add insult to injury. I think that's what I liked is that they kept their foot on the gas. You know, they yes. could have they could have at three one just been like, okay, cool, don't ship another one, we're fine. It's like they just kept going and playing the style they wanted to play. And I know that teams will do that, but against Knights they may have been like, oh okay, you know, they've, they've been a bit of a banana skin team for us before we might just kind of shut up shop and, and take it easy. But no, they kept going. Really good. Um, and I the, think yeah, go on. Do you want to interrupt Yeah, I was gonna say the Knights well yeah, I was gonna say the Knights are winless. So I was just going to ask Josh what he was uh, what he made of the night so far. Well, alarm bells. There's there's definitely alarm bells. It's a club where, as Ben Siri put it to me last night, it's the best place to be when everything's going well, and the worst when everything's going bad. Yeah. Because the Knights fan base is so passionate, and they want results. They've had a disappointing team for quite a long time now. You know they haven't really won anything since the Doherty Cup in 2014 when Ben Siri lifted it himself. So. You know, it's it's been a rough rough patch for them, and I'm not sure if this new coaching appointment is working out. But I think it's still way too early to pull the trigger because they did that last season and it didn't help. So I think they've got to give the new guy time, and they've got to give him a chance with his first choice team. They've got players coming back from injury. Um, James McGarry is going to be key for them uh, if he can sort of replicate his form from the last time he was at the Knights when uh, he was part of that Doherty Cup winning side. And then Matthew Breeze, he's had a couple of games chalked off his suspension, so he's only out for seven now. So he'll be back in round nine. Instead of 11. What was no, it? it was nine. Nine, sorry. It was 11 for the, uh, oh, the, the bonus for the yeah. pushing yes. the referee. Yeah. Um, I was personally surprised by uh, that decision to chalk a couple of games off his uh, his ban. I thought it was a horrendous, horrendous tackle, but yeah. if he's a quality player. I watched him at Preston last year in State 1 and... He was a class above. I watched him at Green Gully. He's also a class above there. He's just got a hell of a temper. So if he can yeah. just uh, curb maybe that just temper, maybe then... Maybe peppermint tea before every game just to calm yep. A little bit of chamomile, maybe. Yeah, like a sleepy time blend. Mm. Um, look, there was also sleepy time for Oakley. Terrible segue. The Avondale win is kind of turned into a six-pointer, I think, by Oakley... I'm going to say bottling it against mm. Green Gully. We didn't pick this result at all at the start of the, the match day, did we, Branson? No, if only one not. of us did tips and they specifically didn't pick this one. Well, I think everyone who did their tips would have picked Oakley to beat Green Gully. To at be, home, 100%. So, to be fair. <laughs> Green Gully won 3-0 away to Oakley. Big game. Josh, talk us through this one. Yeah, huge surprise. Really big surprise, this, this result, but... Any team with Alex Salmon in it is going to be a danger at any time. And he sort of scored a goal out of nothing. There was his free kick, really deep, taken quickly by uh, Lampard with his left foot. And Salmon just brought it down beautifully and finished. And suddenly it's 1-0. And when you're up against Oakley, it's a different proposition. You can sit back and you can kind of block them in. I don't think you can do the same with Avondale if they're connecting and playing well. Mm. Whereas Oakley... They still have some of the same problems as they did last season where they're a little bit over-reliant on crossing. They've got a little bit of stodginess in midfield. If they can't get the ball to Joe Guest, you know, you can shut them down. And the gully midfield and backline just did a superb job of just corralling that Oakley attack. I think they really missed Joe Knowles and they're going to have to do it without him for a few weeks because he's got quite a bad quad injury. 
So they started Wade Decker, who's one of my favorites, a former junior teammate of mine, in fact. Um, I, uh, I, I'm not going to go into that. Look, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Wade's, Wade's a good player, but Joe Knowles has been one of the outstanding contributors so far this season for Oakley. He's so elusive. He's so quick with his dribbling. He can beat a player and open up space out of nothing, and they didn't have that on the weekend. And really, they had to finish the chances that came because – Gully was looking pretty stout defensively and Gerard Tyson was looking unbeatable. He made a couple of ridiculous saves and they didn't. The, there was a chance at 1-0 and Tyson Holmes mm. ballooned it over the bar. We could have done that. Then they... <laughs> I'm looking quizzically at Branson at the moment just to evaluate whether like, yeah, it's a sitter. Yeah, it's about, what, 10, maybe 10 yards out, right in the front. No, I've just got a goalkeeper to beat, a lot of net to hit. I probably still could bottle that one, I reckon. Well, that, no, that's what I'm saying. We definitely could have done that. Oh, Not, 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 not necessarily we could have done better, oh. but we could have done that. Probably yeah. there was a segment on the podcast specifically about mm. that. Right? <laughs> I'll get there later. <laughs> it had to go in. The bench was already celebrating. I was behind the Oakley bench watching. Yeah. And they, were, they all thought it was in and it was just disbelief and I think it really damaged the morale when that chance missed. And then shortly afterwards, I think... Um, Brian Mora came in with what should have been a straight red for the Green Gully winger. He just elbowed Hamish Miller in the face, basically. And Crunching it was It was, was just watching. an awful impact. I can't believe it wasn't a red card. Oh, I was like, I was watching, I got uh, pizza after the pub last night. I was watching it there. And like, whenever I watch football highlights in public, I always try to mask the fact that I'm watching football highlights in public. <laughs> but I was eating pizza watching this highlight. And then I was just like, I was in the like, restaurant. I just went, fucking hell. <laughs> I was like, no, stop. stop. Well, that's the fun. same thing that Chris Taylor said, actually. And he ran all the way out of his technical area and up to the fourth official. <laughs> and then he uh, called the referee a bad word and got sent to the stands. So uh, it was his influence on the game was was no longer. I had to go go sit with Arky in the grandstand, and uh, I think they lost a bit of discipline after that. Oakley and they ended up trying to risk things and missed more chances and copped goals on the break and went down three nil. Yeah, I, it's just it's a result that we didn't pick at the side around. But then you watch the game and Green Gully were good, like you said. Mm-hmm. You, the second that you go ahead against Oakley, you've got a fighting chance if you go behind. That's familiar territory for them. They're mm. going to play that out. I think we saw it in the Avondale game that opened the season. You know, it was a they just got an early goal and they were able to play to their advantages and their strengths with that. So. Well, Alex Salmon really sort of showed his class in this one, as did Georgeopolis. What do you make of make of uh, Georgeopolis, Josh? The Milky Bar kid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah one way to describe him. When yeah. you the... see him up close, he looks fourteen. <laughs> He's so he, skinny. And he is, he's not 14, I believe he's 18. So he is quite young. Allegedly. Yeah, but yeah. then also if he looks 14, you just always call people that age, like 12 year olds. Like he looks like a 12 year old. Yeah, but it's so, not like he's a 28 year old man who looks like he's 14. He's within the realms of nearness. Remember that great one of the South, I'm just going to go on a little tangent here, but the South American game where there was the kid smoking and it was like, there's a fucking oh, kid yeah. smoking in the game. And then the second photo serves as like a 42-year-old man. Yeah. It was like, he looks nine. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. But um, Green Gully, back-to-back wins mm. over Heidelberg and Oakley after really struggling to start off the season. A couple of big wins there. Yeah. Well, I picked them for fourth this season, so I'm glad they're finally turning yeah. around. Otherwise, yeah. I was going to look very stupid. Well, it was every game that they were playing. I was just sitting there like, they will get... What's the game? Or which one is going to be the game where they start to get into some form? And it was a hard game. You know, like, they've, they've now hit that point. So I was never concerned throughout the start, the first few rounds. 
But it was just like, how long was that run going to go on? Because the more it goes on, the more concerning. Well, but six points out of these last two games, incredible. And they still have T-Boy Kamara to come back. Mm. So oh, yeah, true. He was in the stands watching yeah, uh, right. on the weekend. And, you know, he's going to be his usual skillful contributor. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they've got George Opolis really coming into his own now. Obviously, he's a young player and you can't expect consistent performances from him. But I thought he was excellent against Oakley. He doesn't... You were saying off air, Branson doesn't really seem to get out-muscled. He seems to find his own no. space and he's he's really intelligent the way he moves off the ball. He's really quick and, yeah, I I, I think he's a special talent that will play professionally bef- sooner rather than later. I think there's a few rumours about him going to Spain. shut the A-League down and just keep all the players in the NPL Victoria. Make the NPL Victoria better because you could probably cap the crowds at 499. It'd be sweet. Great. Very sustainable Hey, I'm going to jump to the next one. Yep. Going really well here, mate. Um, Hume City 1, Bentley Neal. You watched this one, mate. I did watch this one. And Tell this us was about it. So it was the would-be champions, as I would pretty much dub Hume now, with their unbeaten run of the season. Continuing that unbeaten run, 1-0 against Bentley. Very good win. Um, champions versus would-be champions. Looked like Interesting. a grudge match. A little bit of a, you know... Bentley probably not hit their sort of straps this season yet, but, you know, doing pretty well. Hume City definitely hitting the straps. Playing beautifully week in, week out. Uh, Lewis scores in the first half. few chances, mostly to Hume. But, you know, even game, probably what you would expect. It's always a fear of these sort of like the Giants versus the Titans. And then it's like, well, if they're both big, then they're both proportionally the same size. And so it's a little bit, you know, (laughs) they just match each other and counteract each other perfectly. Um, so second half started much the same chances to both, um, Josh Bingham scored for him in the 63rd, good little run in at the back post, headed at home, does pretty much exactly what he's paid to do, big number nine, making good runs into the box, um, but that probably looked like it for Hume until Weir decided to come out unnecessarily, clear a ball, also looked like he kind of handballed it in a way and probably could have got sent off for it, managed to not get sent off for it. Uh, the ball that sort of bobbled after it sort of got put wide. I think a free kick was actually given to Weir, which was weird because I'm like, keepers run off his line drastically, taking out the last man, and yet somehow he wins the free kick. Um, but that was it. Hume City did enough to win. I thought Bentley were good. Probably should have had a couple more shots on target if they wanted to really push it, but Hume just looked good. That was a very stable win for them. Very quick question for you, Josh. Are you sold on Hume? Do you reckon they are legit or is there still a little bit more that you want to see from them against maybe some of the uh, other top teams? Oh, I'm I'm sold on them. I think they're going to be contenders. I don't think they're favourites by any means, even though they are top of the table. I think they're still, you know, got to prove it in the big games if they're going to be, you know, considered favourites going into the final series. But I, I think they're going to be top four for sure, contenders, dangerous in any kind of one-off game and Look, they've got a solid back line, two young centre-backs who've really kind of come into the team together and developed a partnership, and they've got that perfect sort of yin-yang balance between Paul Wilson and Hayden Tennant, Wilson being the sort of calm presence on the ball and Tennant having that kind of fire in him to go in for the challenges and win last-ditch contested tackles and things. And then, you know, they've just got a good understanding up front with... James Brown and Mitch Cooper dropping into pockets of space and interchanging with each other. They've, you know, they've got great friendship off the field and you can kind of see that connection on the field as well. And then Stephen Hewitt, one of the best 
midfield playmakers in the league. Um, maybe the player of the season so far, arguably. And they've got a dimension to their game that they didn't have last year, which is a number nine who can actually consistently score goals. Exactly. I mean, Josh Bingham, he provides an aerial threat that they didn't have. And then if you want to change things up, you can bring Andy Brennan off the bench, play him up front. He's a bit more of a technical, um, you know, pacey player. He's still big, but he's got... You know, a bit, um, you know, more skill to his game. So they've got different options. And I think that's what I got out of this game was that they was very well rounded. Like they mm. were able to adapt in all the different phases of the game. Yes, they sort of controlled most of it, I'd say, but the bits where they were happy to sort of rescind control of it a bit, they played really well. And they didn't look like they were playing out of their skin at all or they were unfamiliar mm. with what they had to do within the game. And that's like a testament to them, I think. And they've just got a few more weapons than last year as well. They're in perfect balance, I think, is the yeah. theme I'm going with you. They just have great partnerships all across the field. And, you know, they're never too stretched. They always create some chances. They never seem to fall short in any particular category. They're just all-rounders. And I think that's what makes them dangerous is they don't have any real obvious weaknesses. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the next one because I've got this one. And it was also a one niller. Um, Denon City, shocking start to the season continues. But this game was a lot of fun. Heidelberg... 1-0 against Daniel City was the scoreline. Um, but it was a lot of fun. End-to-end, there was a bit of last-ditch defending. There was some free kicks going just a little bit wide, some diving goalkeepers. Um, it was great fun. You know, great highlight. It is. That's what I do. Um, pretty even first half. I thought Dandy actually played pretty well. The first 10 minutes, they started really strong. Um, but from then on, it was pretty level both on the score sheet and in play. Um, second half though, Heidelberg retained most of the possession. They were kind of a bit sort of gack-handed with their possession in the first half, and that's probably what gave it a bit of an even fare to it. But the second they started retaining possession a lot more, they just had a bit more build-up play, created a bit more pressure. That would lead to the first and only goal for Wilkins. I think that was his first for the season, I think I heard commentary say. Um, and there was a late chance, I think it was to Chris Lucas for Dandy City, just leant back on it from about four yards on the angle, probably could have put it in the back of the net, but decided to just put it into the stands. I've made that decision a lot in my life. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't begrudge him for it. Um, but it's not a boring one nil off of Heidelberg. They were tested. Dandy City had some great chances, and I thought they played well for maybe 60 minutes of it, probably broken up throughout the match. They just, the second Heidelberg started controlling possession a lot better, they just couldn't deal with it after the pressure built too much. But no wins for Dandy. There are four teams at the, bo- at, the bottom, at the bottom of the table who are winless at the moment. Dandy City are one of them. Gentlemen, are we concerned? Yeah, I think question marks over rookie head coach in Sasha Ognowski. I mean, you, cannot, you cannot bring Sasha Ognowski into a bad light in this podcast. It's not allowed. I mean, I, I love the man. He's a Preston legend. He's it's man not, it's not working early. <laughs> I mean, early on. Yes. What did concern me is I called Dandy City's home loss to Avondale and I saw his temperament on the sideline and it was about 95% yelling at the referee and maybe 5% coaching. Yeah, it's not really coaching. And look, I don't know, maybe he does all his preparation beforehand and expects the players to execute on game day. Maybe the yelling from the sideline tactical instructions doesn't help. Maybe it's just Mm. coaches just, you know. Particularly in the infield, I think Chris Gleason said it the other way. He's like... Look, the NPL, like you can, as much as you can sit around and look at formations and tactics and everything, fundamentally it's like just shit fight mm. in midfield and get the ball forward as much as possible to your big number nine. Yeah, well, there could, like, be, could be different roles for coaches as well. Certain coaches are doing the more technical aspects where he's just sort of 
we're not coaches. We are not. Yeah. Brad, are you concerned about Dandy City? A little bit. I thought they would be a lot better than what what they currently are. I think the way we saw them play towards the end of last of last season, we all sort of thought that this year they'd really be challenging for the top six, yeah. if not... First you, season jitters and then they kind yeah, of stable the ship and yeah, carry that on. Yeah, you know, not necessarily an automatic lock for the top six, but they'd be, they'd be up there. So it's hard to... Initially, I thought they were underperforming and I'm starting to think that maybe... Maybe they're not. Maybe... They were too reliant on their A-League pickups last year and that sort of masked some fundamental issues that the team has. So maybe mm. that's sort of coming a little bit more to the forefront this year. Josh? I think they have an unbalanced squad, honestly. I think they've put too much of their resources into all of these midfield players and they can't accommodate them. I don't know if the system's working. I think they'll be better with Chris Lucas back and he came off the bench, obviously a bit rusty as we saw with the... Yeah. The miss late on, but he's a quality player and we know he's going to be good. He was in the right place at the right time. That's what you want someone yeah. coming off the bench doing. He's, he'll start soon, I'd say. He's going to provide a lot of pace and ingenuity up front. He's going to score a lot of goals for them and I think it will make a huge difference because they just looked a little bit blunt. Yeah. You know, they can get the ball into the final third and then they don't really know what to do with it a lot of the time. But you know, you get Braden Mann back in there now, Chris Lucas back from injury, starts a... Gel a bit more, and I think you'll see um, better end results for Dandy City. Although I do worry a little bit about a lack of width in the forward line. They just seem to have a lot of central midfielders. You've got Thompson, Cormick, Kalmar, um, Santich, McGuigan playing out wide. I think he's out of position. So I just do worry about the composition of the squad, and I would expect them to retool a bit to fix that in the transfer window. And it looks like they're, yeah, that's the thing. They're not afraid to do that. They did it pretty wholesale last mm. year and they, they, they want to survive. Um, survival as well is front of front and centre for Altona Magic, who drew with South Melbourne 1-1, Branson. Yes. Talk so, us through this one. They are one of the other teams that are on the, uh, on the four teams on... Winless, very beaten. <laughs> <laughs> winless, yes. They do remain winless. So just to sort of sum up this one, I went back... And watch the highlights, the extended highlights that aren't shared by FE. And just to sort of sum up the first half, really, the first highlight clip that they used in these extended highlights were uh, came in the 46th minute. So the first 45 minutes, absolutely nothing worth talking about. Um, I think South Melbourne had two shots in the first half. Altona had one. Good thing for them, though, that one shot was, in fact, a goal uh, Stefan Christich. I really don't want to see you as a commentator. You're like, that shot that was in fact a goal. <laughs> kind of what the commentator sounded like yeah, when well, South equalised. Well, well, to be fair for Altona, it's a big deal. It's only their second goal of the season. Stefan Christich uh, found the back of the net. Uh, the second half was fully loaded of action compared to, uh, compared to the first half. South were knocking on the door. For an equaliser, eventually got one thanks to a header from Brad Norton. Uh, absolutely terrible marking from Altona. <laughs> uh, Norton was beyond wide open. Free header that was probably had 500 metres of space in that box, I reckon. Um, I don't think that's possible. No, it definitely was. Uh, and <laughs> ended in a draw. Altona's first point of the season, so I guess that's a positive for them. Uh, for South Melbourne, though, I thought this was a very South Melbourne-ish performance. It's as if they're a team that are going to finish somewhere around 7th, 8th or ninth on the oh, league table this season, isn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, South should be winning this. They should have scored earlier than they did. They, 
Altona are terrible, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So I think for Altona, I mean, they'd be happy to get their first point in the season and their second goal. For South, you just sort of look at this and you go, well, this sort of sums up where we are. I have an idea. Yep. Mm. I think South and Dandy City need to get together and swap a few players. Ooh. South only have oh, wingers. Yeah, yeah, great South call. only have wingers and Dandy City only have central midfielders. They swap two players each and they'll have perfectly balanced squads and have way better second halves of the year. But good to see Melvin Beckett get a chance. He had a nice assist. Look, I think South's a bit poorly coached and a bit one-dimensional, over-reliant on crossing and mm-hmm. they don't give enough license to Salados a lot of the time. But, you know... I think mainly it's a squad composition issue and they just don't have enough creativity in the middle of the park, so they can't provide service to Sawyer. Well, that's the thing. I was happy for them to start, you know, continuing that run of just putting balls into the box now that they have Sawyer. Like a nice big target man to go for, but like it's obviously not really worth it. It's too predictable. He he did miss a bit of a sitter as well, uh, a Mm -hmm. chance to equalise. Maybe not sitter. He was sort of a bit of a tough one, but you'd want that to be going in. But Um, let's jump into the Dandy Thunder one. Moving on. Dandy Thunder lost to Port Melbourne, which is a great fill-up for Port Melbourne finishing 7th in the battle for 7th, 8th and ninth between South Melbourne, Port Melbourne and Knights. Um, Josh, you were at this one or watched it? I just watched it on the stream. Look, Port Melbourne's away kit was probably the most notable thing in this game. Um, I have not seen it. I'm furiously Googling. It looks like a Romania... Tribute okay. from the 90s. Which would not be fitting for Port Melbourne. No, not at all. Uh, it's sort of a, a gold with a blue and red sash. I love a sash. Yum. Yeah, yum. I love a sash. Yum, yum, yum. It's gold, sort of yellow gold shirt and shorts, and then red socks. Yeah. Where is the gold yeah. coming in? Brandon, I you don't know. Josh, you can keep going through the end because we're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally distracted now. Do not ask us any questions. No, um, Brandon Barnes scored another of his trademark of course. dinked free kicks. Mm-hmm. Um they always go in off the post. It's just something that Brandon Barnes does. Um, I did enjoy Ross Archibald's sort of Terry Butcher-style headband after he picked <laughs> up a knock. I thought from a distance on the on the stream, I thought that he dyed his hair blonde because I tuned in late. Oh, and, and I thought this bad, is that's a bad. No, I thought it was an extension of the Romanian tribute. I thought it was in 1998. <laughs> yeah, well, they the 1998. Oh, real. So we're looking at the kit now. Yum. It's got a bit of Barcelona away. A little bit, yeah. Where do we get that? Probably. Or, probably go probably down to JL, yeah, JL Murphy and ask. Yeah. When's the next home game? I like their home kit too. Anyway, we, yeah. yeah. Like definitely we so that, that was definitely the highlight. I um, Yeah, I thought Ross Archibald was doing a tribute to the 1998 team who all memorably bleached their hair at the same time and made it Impossible for whoever was commentating that game. Um, but they had a late comeback. Um, I think Yuta Konagaya, maybe one of the underrated stars of MPL Victoria. He just pops up with key goals and assists and I think doesn't get talked about enough in, in some of the creative stars of the league. I'd say that two of my favourite teams in the MPL are Port Melbourne and Dandy City. And, mm. you know, they're hardly setting the world on fire ever. But I've said that quite a bit. I think it's really exciting to watch as well. Um, so just going to games, like it's not a thing you probably can do in NPL is go to games specifically for a player. But like if you're at Port Melbourne on a Friday night and he's playing well, it makes it bloody entertaining. And then to win the game late, they had Chris Duggan shielding the ball. He's a big, burly, kind of bustling target man from Scotland. He shielded the ball off two players, turned them, crossed it into the back post for a free header for Francesco Stella, who... He's a player I love watching. He's got all the ability in the world. He's had such a weird career. Go to so many different clubs in different countries. 
I think maybe a little bit lazy. Yeah, you've got to get the passport. He got booted stands. out of Caroline Springs, George Cross last year in State 1 because they didn't feel like he was pulling his weight. But when he feels like it, he can turn the game at this level. And, yeah. and he did. And a, a fantastic win for Port Melbourne out of absolutely nothing when it was thunder in the second half, largely pushing for the winner. Yeah. Nice. Um, Brand, last one. Probably the most excited. Oh, you just hit the mic. I've banged about five things. I've hit the mic, I've hit the laptop, I've hit Josh's phone, and I've just... Last time we make an extra strong you know pot what? of coffee for the pod. Yes, well, do you know what didn't bang on the weekend? No balls banged into the back of the net in the St. Albans Eastern Lions game. I'm going to give you that one yep, because you built up to it. Thank you. Uh, only goalless game of the round. I thought St. Albans looked the uh, looked the better of the two sides. More threatening, more likely to score. Of course, they, well, didn't. Uh <laughs> Anthony Poljak, uh, I thought he was the most dangerous-looking player on the field uh, for the Saints up front. Eastern Lions, Will, you would not believe it. For a team that's only scored two goals all year, they lacked polish going forward on attack. A uh, couple of good chances, but just sort of... Tepid, really, wasn't it? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Just sort of lacked a little bit of class, nil or draw, uh, first point of the season for the Lions and also their first game with a clean sheet which I thought was interesting however they this is the fourth time in five games that they've been held scoreless yeah great. which is of concern I would yeah. say um, well if you think about two good performances because last week they were taken off the bottom of the ladder because someone else was worse <laughs> yeah. than them and then this week they kept a clean sheet and you know got a point so, and, and kept, kept themselves off the bottom of the ladder yeah um, so if, they're, if they're just solely doing a Stephen Bradbury and just not really ballsy enough from here on out and waiting for everyone else around them just to shuffle around they might finish 10th yeah that's it they go as long as there's two teams that are worse than we are we will survive uh, on the other other hand, uh, St. Albans, they've enjoyed a great start to the season. So they've sort of overachieved. Oh, I don't know if they've overachieved, but they've been, they've been For good. For a coming up club, they've been good. They've been good to start. So it's sort of, you know, a bit weird to say that this is two points dropped, but it was two points dropped. Eastern Lions will go down. St. Albans will regress to the mean and finish mid-table, but they'll be happy with it. That's my prediction. Yep. Anyway. Uh, St. Albans still undefeated. I mean, though. don't stop watching the league, everyone. Know that I've essentially <laughs> predicted 7th, 8th, and ninth, and then Josh has told us who's going down. So continue to watch the league. Spoilers. Yeah. We don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the fun. Well, anyone who's listened to any of my predictions any at any stage this season would know that we are very wrong yeah, a lot true. of the time. Or at yeah. least I am. Uh, sorry, so St. Albans still undefeated, though. Yeah, great. Um, um, hot topics. Yeah, look, we're running a bit long in this one, but hey, it's a good bit of fun, so let's keep going. Um, hot topics. This is a bit where we just talk about things that are in football, and like, there's pretty much one issue at the moment that's sort of, I guess, across the world and by association football, which sucks. But coronavirus decision was made yesterday, or was it throughout the weekend? I think it was on Monday. They Monday had a press morning. conference on Monday. Yesterday. Uh, so they are not shutting down the leagues. They are going to be playing them behind closed doors with only necessary people present, which I believe includes the media, which means maybe us. Yeah, which I'm excited. Amazing. Um, it's I for mine. It's not as impactful um, for supporters as it is for clubs. Clubs rely on revenue on match day. This hurts a lot. The streams you can still watch the streams if you want to follow the league, which you 100% should. It's not super impactful for supporters, but I think for clubs and the league financially, it is. So. What are your thoughts, James? Well, I think it's crucial that FV have these streams in place. 
Mm. You know, like I think it's I think it's very fortunate that they've been able to establish, you know, regular basic commentators showing every game because if fans can't go, they are a hundred percent going to need it. I find it a bit odd that leagues around the world, far bigger than the A League and far bigger than the NPL, have said, yep, look, we're just gonna suspend, you know, Premier League series or every league in Europe pretty much. Mm-hmm. And FFA and FB are just like, ah, oh, look, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. So I think that's strange yeah. to me. Like I find it strange, but I also I understand the business side of things. So these players, some of these players rely on their paying salaries in order to yep. you know pay for their lifestyle. Like, you know, pay rent and things like that. So there's a lot of me that goes if you can minimize the amount of impact. Obviously there's some player safety involved, but also like I think from what I understand, coronavirus is particularly harmful to old people. So fit and healthy athletes of the 20 to 30 age mark, I don't think it's too impactful to them. Obviously mm-hmm. the problem is sharing it, but I get their, I get their reasoning for keeping on. The, the thing that probably annoys me the most is the A-League being kept on solely for Fox Sports TV rights money. Like well, that's, that's 100% what's driving that's, this that's, decision. Yeah, that's the, what you would think or the, I don't know. We haven't heard an official ruling on what this actually means for MPL. Um, FFA have given guidelines, but they're very vague. Yeah. Peter Philopoulos seems pretty, like, staunchly you need to be way more responsible as an organisation, so he could still turn around and shut down the league. Is that what you're thinking? I think there could be a two-week suspension of MPL football. I'm not basing that particularly on any uh, intel, but... Well, uh, the MPL in South Australia has been suspended for two weeks. Yeah, South Australia's a That's what I'm state. thinking. I, yeah. I think the pattern we've seen all across the world is that First thing they say, they say, oh, no, we're playing. We're going ahead. Then they say, oh, we're going to play it behind closed doors. And then finally they go, actually, that's a bad idea. We're going to postpone the league. And that's been the pattern worldwide, whether it will apply to Australia. I mean, we always try and run things differently here for some reason. So I think eventually you'll see a suspension of NPL football. But when that will be, I'm not sure. Even if there is a suspension of NPL football, one thing that will persevere will, this podcast, surely. Depends, because I might go on holiday for a bit. Oh! So, <laughs> like, just that one in. <laughs> like, I mean, you can, you can talk. Josh, Josh is way better than I am. I'm sure, like, you guys can sort something out between the two of you. Uh, but, I mean, you want to talk about Phoenix and Victory? I just say. think it's, I think it's interesting how they both played in New Zealand and missed the, what is it, the border shutdown. So they now have to quarantine for 14 days. Their games for the next two weeks will be suspended and the Phoenix are just going to base themselves in Sydney. I think Ola Toivonen tweeted that Mm. they had assurances from the government that if they travelled, they would be allowed back in and apparently that just went out the window. So a bit of a classic uh, FFA. FFA and Australian government ineptitude there. Yeah, exactly. So didn't want to get too much into that. I just thought that was uh, interesting slash funny. Yeah, the whole response to this has been summed up by one photo I saw, which was the emergency meeting of the prime minister and state ministers and Scott Morrison. Co-ag. He immediately meets Gladys Berejiklian and goes for the handshake, and she goes, oh, "What are you doing?" Right. Classic, so good. classic. Uh, well, that's that's basically the, the whole story. Yeah, that's just it was summed up in one image. At the moment. Um, in a nutshell, show. that is, yeah, you're right. Yep, We've whistles blown. A cracking first half, gentlemen. Well done. Get in the sheds. Think about what you've done. Half the oranges a little bit. Oh, we'd like some oranges. We should do Probably that. Probably a good future. thing to do as well in this current climate, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a break and have some oranges. You go get yourself an orange. Join us back very shortly for the second half of the Cinema Show Podcast. 
Here's the sponsor bit of the show, everyone. Branson, do you cramp while playing sport? Often. I just cramp all the time in general. If only we had some sort of excellent sponsor that solved this problem. And we do, ladies and gentlemen. Our sponsor of the show is Pickle Juice Australia. Pickle Juice Stops Cramps. We mentioned it last week on the show, but if you didn't listen to that one, you didn't miss out on a lot. But these guys are great because what they do is they sell 100% organic and Asada-approved pickle juice. Pickle juice is all organic, so it's not treated as a supplement. It's far more of like a thing that you can just take as part of your sport. Stops cramping. So for all of the unfit NPL players out there who get to the 80th minute, start cramping up, bosh in some pickle juice, and you'll be right. So if you go to www.picklejuice.com.au... And use the promo code SEMIPROPOTTY, you will get 10% off your order of pickle juice. Ladies and gentlemen, our sponsor, Pickle Juice Australia, stops muscle cramps. Pickle juice! Ladies and gents, welcome back to second half of the Semi-Pro Potty. Let us kick it off with the things in football, and it's also sort of not in football that we liked. Um, I'm going to kick it off this week. If the Premier League is in fact called off, Fulham will not get promoted. Excellent news for football fans everywhere. Brand, what have you got? Uh, my, the thing that I like is the idea that Liverpool will not win the Premier League because the league will be called off. Yeah, well, we've that found ourselves in an impasse here, don't we? Yes, but it, well, like, I'll be honest, when it, I am an extremely bitter Sports fan. So, I am not a Liverpool fan. Josh, who do you go to? We didn't do a... a we didn't really do a... Tell us about oh, yourself. Oh, yeah, I, but... I mainly follow the local game. I'm a big victory fan. Um, right. But uh, in, my, in my younger years, having no access to pay TV, I gravitated towards the one team that was consistently on... And it was Manchester United. Oh, there we go. That's good. That's all right. So you're a victory bandwagon and a Manchester United bandwagon. Well, I'm the Dandy City bandwagon. I I joined the victory bandwagon in season one. So Mm. when they were second last, just ahead of the New Zealand Knights. I think it would only be cool being a season one fan if you're a season one fan of New Zealand Knights. Gold Coast United or North Queensland Fury. Bring the Fury back. Love it. Yeah, great. Um, Um, No, we're going to go to Josh for one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Josh, what do you like? like? Things that I liked. Well, I really like the South American, I think they're Chilean side. They are. Colo Colo. Ooh. They, they are one of my favourite crossovers of sport and mm. a interest ever, which was? Well, they actually had their mascots on leashes. And we don't need to call child services because the mascots were dogs. I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah. I know where that was going. That was great. So walking the players out instead of small children were adorable little pups. Uh, which were promoting a lost dog's home. So they were all rescue dogs, great cause, extremely cute, great spectacle before the game. All the dogs were up for adoption. Great exposure for the dogs. And uh, Colo Colo is uh, my favourite thing of the week. Probably better for coronavirus as well, instead of having human-to-human contact. As long as they weren't bats on leashes, it's probably fine. (laughs) Well, that's the next level. (laughs) Trust Um, the NPL to do that. One thing I liked about that was there were definitely some... Colo Colo players who did not look comfortable in holding a dog. There were some <laughs> unique holding methods, but I mean, hey, it's love a crossover it. of football and dogs, and you know I love that. Dogs interrupting football matches, one of my favourite mm. video genres of all time. Well, I like the the next thing you've got here on the list because it is yeah, a classic yeah. FIFA move. I think we've loved this since day dot, I reckon. Yep. Triple sub in the Adelaide United game. Ooh. It's just that thing where, and they were playing 
abject football in the weekend. So the fact that you get to a point where you're just like, you know what, fuck it, this is a single sub is not going to do this. I'm going to empty the bench. Great. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, when you used to play FIFA before the quick sub feature built into recent uh, recent versions, you know, there would be a passive, uh, sorry, a stoppage in the second half and, and you would just, just unleash. <laughs> you'd go, oh yeah, I'll pause the game, just make all three of my subs now. Yeah. So Big good. Um, um, another one you got? I have got Clive Tilsley, the uh, English commentator, English Premier League commentator, just commentating his wife making lasagna. It's pretty good. Yep. I'll be honest with you, it's actually not as good as it could be. I think his commentary is pretty piss weak for it. And yeah, you just like at me because he's a very good commentator. But uh, it could be better, but it's an entertaining concept nonetheless. Like and if that. you had Clive Tilsley voice, you would commentate your entire life. Oh, is that how you, for sure. Yeah, totally. Is, is that how you prepare for games, Josh? Do you just commentate your day-to-day life. Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, of course. Oh. I mean, we're all living in imagined or reflected glory as media people, so... Wow. Yeah, we are. That was <laughs> right to my core. <laughs> like, Sorry to get real on you there. That was, that was deep and that hit me real hard because my, you know, favourite thing is someone actually recognising us at NPL yeah. games and then you go, wow, who am I? Um, what have I done? Brian, you got one? Uh, yes. Uh, well, this is just... A favourite thing of the show. Uh, Eastern Lions goalkeeper Keegan Coulter was wearing a hat in the uh, second half of the St. Albans game. We just love to see it. It this just is looks. The beauty and the curse of having a winter league is that we only really get the first, I'd say, six to eight rounds worth of football that justify having a hat. And, and then in winter, it gets a bit too dark well, and a bit too gloomy. And then the last finals, but you can get a hat in. But you say that, but it's like, it's the setting sun that's the killer. And because they're at parks, not in stadiums, you know, you get a lot more of that sun in eye moment. Josh? Um, yeah, I uh, have something for this because my FNR colleagues, uh, Ed Gooden and Athos Sirianos, they host the breakfast show a couple of times a week. And one of their recurring topics, they're trying to get Someone to design a goalkeeper-specific hat. Oh, yes. Because the cap is just not good enough for sweeper keepers who come outside the area and occasionally have to head the ball. They have to lose the cap before they can head the ball. So they're trying to come up with some sort of design that is shielding of the eyes. Well, the visor's got the same problem because the brim is in the way. I guess you could tilt your head down, but again, you want want to hit it on the forehead without obscuring your vision too much. What about, and again, we're going very off, off the cuff no, here. I'll uh, allow this episode to run along for this. Cycling this hats. Oh, yeah. You know, so they've sort of got, oh, yeah. you know, a bit of the lower brim, so it does expose more of the top of the head for heading. Also, the thing with the cycling cap is you can fold up that, yes. that little lip. So instead of having to lose the hat, you could just do a quick fold yeah, as you're running yep, out yes. of the area. Yep. As long as the, the, the gloved hands are de- dexterous enough to yeah, pull that well, off. All you have to just do an open is, palm? Yeah, an open palm. Maybe that's our answer. We were thinking bucket hats, but maybe that's... See, I was thinking a reverse Legionnaire's hat, <laughs> where essentially it, it covers your face, and then you can just very easily like pull the fabric to the side... <laughs> So it's like a thing that you can just grab onto because you like a like a curtain rail. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh shit! On Legionnaires hats again, very off script. My favourite Legionnaires hat. When we're at the World Cup, you know how Donald Trump has the uh, "Make America Great Again" hats. My favourite was uh, people Aussies wearing "Make Australia Great Again" hats, but they were Legionnaires caps. I'm like, that is so good. Yeah. Hey, I forgot one. I'm going to quickly jump in one now. Um, I heard commentary on the. South Australian football my match showed to me, um, and they got like a shout out for someone's birthday. It was like a cousin of the 
the person, and they were like, oh, yeah, can you give a shout-out to my cousin? And they used the name Riley Reed, who was a famous porn star. Uh, and so they're on the comms, and they're just like, yeah, shout-out to Riley Reed. Yeah, <laughs> great. Classic. Uh, Josh, you got another thing that you liked? Uh, A-League, Simon Cox in on goal in the Western Sydney-Melbourne City game. Mm. Somehow, from point-blank range, Curtis Good, out of nowhere. Just how? The pace. What a stop. Yeah. I mean, he did make up for his own sort of mistake about five seconds earlier, but, like, that... Great save. Mm. Like, we were talking about the James Milner one the other week. Yeah, that one's... I like that one as well because... Mm. James Milner probably more athletic than Curtis Gould. Even just the effort, you know, to I go... Think you know, to get to it. Yeah, yeah to and get to it's the impressive. And go, look, I'm not going to just give up. And he easily could have just gone, ah, look, he's through. Yep, that's a goal. And the best thing about that was... Simon Cox, Cox couldn't actually do anything about it. Maybe if he'd slid, maybe he would have got there. Yeah. But he basically did everything he should have done. It wasn't as if it was some massive choke on the goal line. He no. just, it was just a great challenge. And he wasn't too lackadaisical, I didn't think. I thought no. he was mainly composed. It looked like he just sort of shaped up, yeah, I'm going to tap this in. Um, but yeah, great by Curtis. Good. I'm um, going to jump to the things we didn't like because you put things in the wrong order on the run sheet. So just remember to do that other segment next. Um, things down. we didn't like. I do not like that Liverpool might not win the league after absolutely dominating all season. Bram, what uh, do you like? The idea of the English leagues all being null and void and Fulham not going up. But actually, I like them all. Because you do like the championship. I love the league. championship. Best yeah. league in the you world. You get to watch less. Someone of has... Prom- has been propagating the idea that they might simply promote Leeds and West Brom, have a yeah. Yeah. bolstered yeah. Premier League for next season, yes. relegate nobody, and then yes. relegate five teams. Yes. Oof. I quite like that. I like that. Yeah, I don't don't mind, be good. I don't mind it either. I think it's about time that the Premier League had more teams in it. And also, yes. Just a just One a championship-style hectic schedule with midweek games. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Best league in the world. Um, Champions League. Rubbish. Will, what don't you like? <laughs> um... Just the general hysteria of um, coronavirus. I think there's a lot of... The educated people are not sending messages out correctly. The government is not really doing the best that they can do. And, you know, it's chaos in the US as well. It's chaos everywhere. And I think the hysteria could just be a lot better managed by some nicer communication at the top. And as a result, we're having a lot of knee-jerk reactions, like you said, with the football bands. It's like, we're just kind of... We're kind of chomping it off at bits. We're going like, okay, cool, we're going to play games behind closed doors. We're not going to suspend the league. Okay, now we're going to suspend the league, but some games are going to go ahead. But then they're like, okay, we're just going to call it off. There's been a little too much uh, chopping and changing of decisions, and that means that people don't trust the announcements that are made, which means they don't follow the expert advice. Yep. Well, right. and the thing that I don't... Well, uh, no, we won't get into it. Move on. <laughs> Too move much politics. On. Yeah, yeah, moving well, on. Moving Branson on. self-censors himself yeah. on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You know it is going to be an interesting statement. Uh, no, nah, that's it. Uh, just, um, not worth talking about the virus anymore. Josh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, this I... I both liked and didn't like it. I respected it. I respected <laughs> the craft. <laughs> I respected it. We might but, need a third segment here mm-hmm. of things we... Uh, I had conflicting, you know, feelings about this one. I did feel for Oakley. They just had such a terrible night on Friday night. Nothing would go in for them. Nothing went their way. Um, There was that Brymora elbow that should have been a red card. And then later on in the game, Harry White took on two players, which is not a Harry White thing to do, really. He's (laughs) a big bustling target man. Took on two players, chipped the goalkeeper beautifully, and then Stefan Negro managed to handball on the goal line. It may have been already over the line, but it was definitely a handball. No question. It was off the back of his arm. He had his arm in the air. It was clear as day to me. Referee didn't see it. 
They Oakley were then confusingly appealing for two things at once. Ah. They're like, it's a goal, but it's also a red card, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. also a penalty. <laughs> yeah. And it was just pandemonium, and they got nothing. Yeah, so I love, that's the bit that I love most about it, is that like it's, it's just like there's too much going on, so like, I'm just going to play on and just hope that everything's okay. I it's think the referee, he just had a, a brain aneurysm. He just didn't know what to call because there was too many things going on at once. I would have done the same. Um, the old, if you haven't got anything nice to call, don't call anything <laughs> at all. Mondo. That's what he's gone for there, the referee. Hey, Brian, can we skip the suspended called off leagues? We just went through it. Oh, a little bit, yeah. I just think it's understandable, but it sucks, you know. No Serie A, which was super hot. No the Premier time when League. we're all going to have the most amount of free time and there's no football is a mm. painful future living. So I think what we should do is just like start to put together rewatching old games. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Mm. So good. Um, but yeah, understandable, but it sucks. No football to watch. Uh, another thing that I don't like, and Josh, you are an NPL commentator, so you can chime in on this one. But one thing that sort of irks me a little bit is with the MPL live streams off-center cameras what do you think well I mean like you know so okay, <laughs> terrible lead in by me so let me explain more so you know obviously they live stream every games and then some of the scaffolding is just set up you know halfway down one half of the field and you just sort of look at it and you go oh that's a bit crap there's always a reason yeah there's there's always but it's still reason, crap but it sucks okay so Every club is obliged to provide power to the cameraman, but mm. there seems to be a very <laughs> lax interpretation of where that power is going to come from, who's responsible to provide the extension cord. Technically, the club is supposed to provide extension cables, everything to the point of filming, but it doesn't happen. And that means that the cameraman often will film the 20s game beforehand at a vantage point where he runs out of battery and then he has to film the main game from a crap position next yeah. to a PowerPoint. So it happens all over the MPL. So MPL clubs, lift your games, go to Bunnings. Um, use the use the promo code SEMIPROPOTTY and you'll get 0% discount off your order. Yep. Uh, and pick up some some longer bloody cables. Yeah. One other thing you don't like, Josh. Uh, bad scaffolding mm. at MPL games. There's a lot of really hastily put together setups around and some of them are just borderline unsafe and there was mm. the game we did um at caroline springs george cross the cameraman went up there before the game and he said it doesn't feel right so we had to film on the other side and then we got absolute pelters in the comment section like why aren't you filming from the scaffold but the thing was rocking apparently so yeah. you know you can't expect people to risk their health and safety exactly. in order to improve the quality of the stream so the clubs have got to yeah. you know step you up their the game right in terms of safety yeah. and you know, that's probably the number one concern of the commentary team at the moment. Yeah. Tying into that, bad scaffolding, polls of MPL broadcasts. There was <laughs> one at the St. Albans Eastern Lions game. Only on one side, though. It was on the near side, mm. and there was a big red pole, like which I don't, yeah, which I don't think we've seen. Uh, not blocking out the corner flag, but about two metres in, so, you know. There was classic. another one in the uh, Dandy Thunder uh, Port Melbourne game. Yep. Classic. At George Andrews. It was just blocking out the right corner. Right. Well, the Thunder, the thunder it used to be. Can we have a picture book of this, please? Yeah, this we have to. Like yeah. a calendar? No, oh my God. Oh. NPL calendar. Polls of the NPL. Oh, that oh, would be so like the good. shittest, best calendar ever. Um, let us know if you've got any other better ideas for calendars because, again, we're pretty light on time at the moment, aren't we? We've mm. got some time to do some of these little, some little exercises. Yep. Um, Brand, you want to introduce yes. a new segment? Yep. I'm just going to preface this segment by saying this is 100% brand. I have nothing to do with it. Yep, and people will love it. So, obviously, virus stuff, travel restrictions around the world. But 
this podcast does not abide by travel restrictions and when you listen, you can go global and will. This week we are heading to South America with two classic footballing stories. First one is the Copa Libertadores. Gremino against Internacional Gremio. What did I say? Libertadores. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Okay. Well, apparently I can't. We're pronounce not editing anything. this, by the way. We're still. Oh, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. No. Fair call. So I can't pronounce either. So there was a game between Gremio and Internacional in the uh, the cup of whatever it was. The cup, uh, of, the cup of Libert and Dores. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, eight red cards in this one. Eight red cards. See, I originally put this in my things I like because it's just like. I remember there was a player running off the bench just kicking someone. I'm like, yeah, great. That's so really both great. teams had three players, three on-field players sent off and then an additional player from the bench. It just seems it was a draw. In, oh, sorry. Scores were tied in like the 85th minute and then there was just a challenge and then mayhem broke out. Bit of a scuffle, which, you know, we often see in the NPL. Bit of all-in scuffle, which we also mm. see in the NPL. But then it turned into a benches clearing and just players running around all over the place. Raised hands, a bit of kicks, a bit of punches. Um, classic. Uh, check out the highlights. Out. Yeah, there's a there's a good video of uh, I think it's about five minutes of just handbags and then a little bit of yep, a little bit of beef. Um, our South American journey does not end here though. Will we now travel from? I actually don't. Know. Oh, you don't know, do you? No, what? I don't. Okay. I don't. You balls do. So essentially, Argentina, what Brazil. They're in Brazil, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yes. So we are now traveling from Brazil to Paraguay. Because we saw Ronaldinho <laughs> arrested in Paraguay for using a fake passport. I don't know the full backstory as to why he was using a fake passport or what he was trying to avoid. Uh, but he was arrested at a Paraguayan airport. He's now in jail. Uh, there are photos of him playing football in a Paraguayan jail. Uh, his team apparently won 11-2 in a game that he participated in. Which you would probably expect. Yeah, well, you would also expect that he scored five goals and assisted in six, so I had a hand in every single one of his goal, of his side's goals. And as a prize, he and his team got to enjoy a 16-kilogram smoked pig. <laughs> Apparently, Jeez, so that's I, just. I just want the Doherty Cup to become that. Like, <laughs> so, it's just like here is here is a sixteen kilogram smoked pig. The so Melbourne Knights were cooking yeah. a pig the other night. Yeah, uh, for that? a Croatian yeah. Croatian day. It was a pig on a spit. Yep. They, they they start at like crack of dawn and they cook Sorry, it all day. No, that's right. Well, so there's so many things that I love about this. Very quickly. Um, there's a jail and they're playing football. Kind of understandable that someone's taking photos in there. I don't know, and then. 16 kilograms, smoked pig. Great. Love it. Um, okay, Bram. That's that Around the World segment done for this yep. week and forever. No, um, it's no, back next right. week. It it's back, it's back next week. I think you salvaged it. I quite liked it. Thank the you. way that you sold it to me was very poor. But yeah, execution was better. One segment we love. Yeah. Bransom talking about films. Oh, I hate it. So good. Set me up to fail there. No, not at all. That's Brand, all you've got this. You've, I reckon you've seen this film. I haven't. I just it's control. one of your favourite directors. Is it? Christopher Nolan's film. That's if I've heard of him. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Even so Josh Barrish's face, he was just like, oh my god. Oh. You're not kidding. He knows nothing. He's, I don't a, know he's a pretty he popular director. I've never heard of him. Okay. What's well, he directed? All of the Batman's Memento. Okay, I have heard of Batman. Yeah, haven't okay. heard of Memento. Um Jesus. Interstellar? Inception. Oh, I've watched Interstellar. It was pretty bizarre. Inception, Ooh. haven't seen it. Okay, cool. Well, you've got the prestige this week, my friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go on. Have you seen The Prestige? I haven't. I haven't. Right. What do you think The Prestige is about then? I think it is... It's a movie that premiered on, on Twitch. On Twitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> The, uh, the, the, live, the live streaming gaming platform and what it's about is this man who loses his job and goes, do you know what, I'm going to become a professional video gamer and it's his quest, he starts playing Call of Duty to go from level one to I think, what is it, prestige, whatever, when you hit a certain level in Call <laughs> yeah. of Duty. Once yeah, you're hit. telling this one. Uh, so it's just a story of him and his dedication and all the obstacles he has to overcome to become the best Call of Duty does, video does game in become, the world. Does he become, in the end, the best Call of Duty? Uh, he he might. He does. He does. He wins a, wins a regional comp and then that's his new job. So he's gone from unemployed to employed. He's gained the Call of Duty prestige. We're talking about two things I really don't know a lot about here. I don't know why I picked this. Uh, movies and Call of Duty. Um Yep, that's definitely what it's about, Will. Okay, so in eighteen seventy-eight, two young stage musicians. <laughs> yeah, good. good. Watched it from the first. Yeah. <laughs> two hundred years before Twitch existed. Well, that's what um, you think. Not right. Uh, two young stage musicians clash in a darkened saloon during the course of a fraudulent séance. What? <laughs> that's not right. From this moment on, their lives become webs of deceit and exposure, secrets, revelations as they feud to outwit and destroy one another. Their rivalry takes them both to the peak of their careers as magicians, but with terrible consequences. About two magicians. Right. I don't remember the... Uh, Do you remember what? The clap in the a dark salon. Are you are you looking at the novel instead of the film? No, I'm looking at the film. But anyway, it's about two, two magicians who sort of start out at the same point in their career. And they take different paths, but are both very successful, but have a very big feud, and people die. I don't... And there's magic, actual magic. I don't get how any reasonable person could have been expected to have seen this film. David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla. Yeah, really good. Great. So, Who's Nikola Tesla? Who's David Bowie? David Bowie. He was a singer, wasn't he? Singer-actor. Yeah, he was in Labyrinth or something, right? Oh, great. He's he's got it. Uh, Yeah, that's all I know. Uh, Nikola Tesla, didn't he invent something electric? That was it. Very Thank good. you. Good. Well done. Proud of you. Um, you did so badly this week, but I'm proud of you. Uh, blunder of the week. We could have done that better. What have we got? Well, I a bit of off the field one. I just think blunder of the week has to go to Avondale. So they have. You are aware they employ you. Yeah, that's fine. We can have a go at them in our independent podcast, uh, Avondale. So they have their new grandstand. They've constructed their new new grandstand, and it'll be ready just in time for all the uh, fans to be banned from going to NPL Victoria games. Perfect timing. So I thought that was uh, that was just so good. And their home game against the Knights was moved because that grandstand was not ready, and it's now ready, and no one's allowed to go. So classic blunder of the week for me, and especially uh, hard felt by. Uh my co-commentator Lockie Flanagan, who was already driving from Mount Eliza on the Mornington Peninsula, very far away to Avenger Park, and then he had to go all the way to Caroline Springs. Instead. The NPL yeah. really does like stirs you with a lot of their sort of scheduling and, and communication of commentary. I mean, you probably can't mm. say anything. Josh is shaking his head. He's saying, "No, they treat us brilliantly." Well, this was also announced on Friday, so like, if you know, you get the commentator roster on what a Tuesday, Wednesday, you go, yeah, great, Avenger Park, Saturday, three pm, no worries. If Long I got the commentary jokes, roster, Caroline Springs. Yeah. If we got the commentary roster on a Tuesday, Branson, I would be delighted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thing, uh, 
That's the new hashtag. It yeah. is uh, commentary rosters for Tuesdays. Yep. And, and safe scaffolding, up. please. Yeah, safe scaffolding. So that's my sort of blunder of the week. Haven't they um, all had an entire year to get their grandstand sorted? Didn't and now get it sorted just in time for no fans to go. Um, we could not have done that, to be honest with you. We didn't have anything this week, so we're just going to jump straight into the preview section for this week's behind closed doors matches. At yes, stage, they are being played. They are. So, we've got on the Friday night, Knights versus Heidelberg, Port Melbourne versus St. Albans Saints, Bentley Greens versus Avondale, that'll be a cracker. Grand final rematch. Yep. Uh, Daniel City versus Oakley Cannons on the Saturday brand. What games do we have? We have Green Gully taking on the Altona Magic, Dandenong Thunder facing South Melbourne, and on Sunday, Josh? We have Eastern Lions versus Hume City. Oof. So that's a good little one. So what we're going to do is Branson tipped for us. We're going to start saying what our tips are on the podcast. Yeah, so tip last week got three out of seven. Um, I think it's abysmal. Branson thinks it's good, but uh, like, I don't think it's a fail. No, I don't think it's good. I think it's below fifty percent no. sort of failure. Well, no, no, no. no. I think, think it's it, I think it's par for the course. If you think about it, there are three possible outcomes for each game. Mm. So really, your score is out of twenty-one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, there are 21 possible answers, rather. So, to get um, you the are, correct call in three of the games is actually quite good. No, it's not. I reckon... And <laughs> I'm going to prove it this week with my tips. Yeah, here I am saying I Heidelberg, Heidelberg are going to beat Knights. Mm-hmm. We're happy with that. Yep. Port Melbourne versus St. Albans Saints will be a draw. Yep. Great call, right now. <laughs> Bentley Greens versus Avondale. Bentley. Oh, I think Avondale after a big win, and you're like, yeah, we're the, we're the real deal. And then exactly what happened in the grand final last year, they were favourites, they looked good, and then boom, snap! This one's going to go to penalties too. Yeah, hurting, <laughs> Somehow hurting Branson's feelings. Yeah, um, Dandy City versus Oakley Cairns have gone for Oakley. Mm-hmm. Did you? So I did that last week. Didn't pay off well. Yeah, but that's because you did it last week. I did it this week, so it worked. Green Gully will beat Altona Magic. We're happy with that one. Everyone mm-hmm. smile and nod. Draw between Dandy Thunder and South Melbourne because that's just got draw written all over it. And Hume are 100% going to beat Eastern Lions, who are not in bottom, but they're close to it. I would agree with all of those except the Bentley one, I reckon. Yeah, well, what do you what, think, Josh? Yeah, I, I think Avondale will beat Bentley Greens. Oh, that's going to be hilarious when you're all wrong next week. Match of the round, though? I think I think Bentley versus Avondale is probably the match of the round. Grand final rematch. I mean, you can't. Get much bigger than that. Although I do, I do think that Dandy City Oakley game looks pretty tasty as well. Yeah, Brian, you've gone for a very unconventional one. Well, I just picked Port versus St Albans, but a sixth versus seventh undefeated, two undefeated teams. Oh, I've said that, and I now can't remember if Port Melbourne are actually undefeated. I think they may have lost one earlier. But... Oh, they love a draw. They do love a draw in, in a challenge. Uncertain, but no, I reckon that'll be interesting. Interesting. My actual pick of the week goes to MPL three, Ooh. which is kicking off this week, and it's Fantastic. Melbourne City's youth team versus Preston Lions. Their first game back in the MPL for quite Ooh. some years, and look, if they're only allowed five hundred people in the venue, they're going to have to turn people away because the Veneto Club will be packed. Do like a Veneto Club outing? You love it. Big yep. gondola at the front. Yep. Um. Yeah. MPLW. Also, yeah. MPLW kicks off this. Is it NPLW or is it... WNPL? No, it's not, is it? Yeah, it's NPLW. Okay, good. Um, Calder United, they look like the strongest side going into the season again. Yeah. Um, you know, probably theirs to lose. I think they batted, was it Bulleen, in the pre-season? Community Shield. Shield. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we've got a full round of fixtures this week. Again, we don't know if these are going to be cancelled at any point. 
you know, just watch Twitter and you'll find out. But Box Hill will be playing Bayside. Calder United will host Alamein. Uh, Senior NTC will play Heidelberg United. Bulleen and South Melbourne, that'll be a cracker. Calder United, South Melbourne, that hang does on, work. Hang, hang that on. does not work. You've got multiple games in there. So it's just, it's Bulleen, South Melbourne. So there's only four games because MPLW have gone for the reshuffle. They've Correct. dropped... They've dropped two teams. Uh, who was it? Southern and North Geelong. Not yeah. North Geelong. Not Geelong, Geelong Galaxy. Galaxy sorry, yes. yes. Uh, so, so four games of that week. Just Fox Hill Bayside, Calder, Alamein, Senior, Heidelberg, Bulleen, South Melbourne. So that'll be great to see that kick off as well. It gives us more content for the podcast. Just what we need. A lot of content today, though, gentlemen. Are yep. we happy? Are we happy with our performances? Look, I think we put in a, a pretty decent shift. Yeah, I think Josh definitely does shine us up for the very little that we know about NPL football. Well, that's great because yep. it's all a journey for no, us. No, it's good. I feel like Josh puts more effort into the first half. We put more effort into the second half. You put in a <laughs> lot of effort into the second half. Into the film. That was just ridiculous. I, I didn't even... I don't know what I was thinking. Proud of you, though. Did well. I wouldn't have watched it, but you, you backed yourself. You Not one of my better films, but I will improve next week. And we'll all improve next week, ladies and gentlemen. A bit of a tumultuous week in football, but join us back next week. This is us wrapping up. Match that five of the semi-pro body.